Do you seek the freedom to pursue greater meaning and purpose in your life? Is there something that you're passionate about that you'd like to support by giving time, talent, or money? Do you seek a level of financial freedom to live an ideal life as you uniquely define it? Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host for the show. Thanks for being with us. Like Jeff, I am a certified financial planner professional. And this show, the Money and Meaning Show, is all about helping you discover what matters most and then helping you get your actions and resources in alignment with your goals. We combine excellence in wealth management with the pursuit of meaning and purpose in your life. Jeff Bernier is the founder, president, and chief investment officer of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, a wealth management firm in Alpharetta, Georgia, a suburb of the greater Atlanta area. All right, Jeff, how are things in hot Atlanta? Well, Mike, um, would you believe it's hot? I would believe it's <laughs> yeah. hot. But things are good. It's, uh, it's been a busy summer, and we are finalizing plans for our annual client report and market update luncheon coming up in the fall. And of course, I'm happy to be back with you and having a conversation around money and meaning. Okay, so it has been hot up here in South Bend as well, and I'm sporting still my, my softball <laughs> and baseball tan because yes, I was at the yeah, field yeah, for the kids all the time. You look marvelous. But you know what? In a couple in a couple months that all disappear. So anyway, so all right. So tell me about the client uh, report and the the market update meeting. Yeah, we we have a luncheon um, every uh, late summer, early fall. Um, and you know, as a firm, we're passionate about collaborating with clients, and and we feel a sense of partnership with our clients, and um, obviously want to help them create the clarity and confidence to live a great life. And so, many years ago, I thought it'd be a good idea just to have a sort of um, sort of a state of the firm mm. address with our stakeholders. I, I feel like our clients are sort of stakeholders too, and so I like to uh, just kind of share with them what's going on in the firm and initiatives that we're approaching, get some of their feedback on things that we're doing. And I combine that with bringing in uh, a speaker from one of our investment partners to discuss something relevant in the capital markets that uh, that might be that might be timely. All right, uh, that sounds great. So, who who was your speaker this year? Yeah, this year we have uh, Doug Longo, who is a senior fixed income strategist at uh, Dimitrial Fund Advisors. Awesome, awesome. That's, that that sounds great. So, our guest today is also from Dimensional Fund Advisors. So, why don't you introduce him and set up today's topic? Yeah, you know, t- today may be a little different. Um, I have a a really special guest uh, here to tell us their story, which I think our audience will find really, really interesting. Uh, Mulai Nying is a senior associate in Dimensional's Global Client uh, relationship group. He's based out of Charlotte. Uh, he works closely with advisory firms like ours throughout the southeast of the U.S., helping communicate uh, investment concepts, um, also helps dealing with how to build efficient portfolios and asset allocation decisions, um, does a lot of portfolio modeling for us and other firms around around the South. Um, and then also as a resource for capital market research and updates and and do sort of a deep dive in, in, in all things um, related to the capital markets and how Dimensional adds value to our to our client portfolio. So welcome, Ulai. 
Hey, thanks, Jeff. Uh, really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, well, thank you, thank you again for joining us. Uh, you know, he's been a he's been a Mulai's been a valuable resource to our firm. Um, I, you know, I remember the first time he came into our office uh, when I met him. Well, first of all, in hearing him speak and, of course, seeing him, it was obvious he was a little more Southern than I. Um, and actually, I, I thought I might try to recruit him for the tandem growth intramural basketball team, uh, which really doesn't exist. But I thought I might start one if I could, if I could get him to play for us because he's a, he's a pretty big dude. Um, and then, of course, after getting to know him a bit, uh, I found out he has a fascinating story that I thought – uh, I thought I'd just ask him to share his story, and so Malai, why don't why don't you do that if you don't mind? I'd, I'd love for you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how you ended up, um, you know, the career path that you had, but how you ended up um, from where you grew up to dimensional. Absolutely, uh, Jeff, Mike, thank you again for having me. I'm really excited, and I love to share my story with uh, with with folks. And uh, today, throughout, when I'm going to tell my story, I'm also going to drive because I've been in this industry for a little bit over five and a half years now, working with Dimensional. And as I interact with you know advisors like great advisors like Jeff, Attendum Growth, I came to realize how there's so much similarities between my journey, all the support and advice I leverage from different people that I care about and I care about me. How is this so similar to the way? Uh, Jeff and his team care for his clients. So that led to me kind of developing developing a story, uh, uh, kind of like a presentation, narrating my story and drawing those parallels. Cool. So yeah. my journey started, uh, you guys feel free to jump in and ask any questions if you want, please. Well, I'm sure, okay. we, I'm sure we will. <laughs> so awesome, awesome. So my journey started really uh, with a childhood dream. Now, when I was a kid, I was about six, I remember, and I always wanted to become a professional athlete, you know, especially soccer growing up, because I was born and raised in Senegal, West Africa. And in Senegal, it's really almost every young boy's dream to grow up and become a professional soccer player so you can play for the national team. There's a sense of pride into that. And by the way, I want to give, give kudos to the national team who just qualified for the finals for the African Cup of Nations. Wow. So... That happened yesterday, so it's a big deal. So that was that was a back set. We all wanted to become a grown-up, become a professional soccer player, because that's also another way, a fast way to relieve you out of pro- uh, to, to take you out of poverty. Because growing up, things were not as, as, as good as they are here. Right. So it's not until I stopped playing soccer from six all the way to about thirteen, and then. Uh, I remember one summer, my oldest sister, she was in college at that time, she came home from school. And then throughout that summer, I must have grew. I don't remember exactly, but I must have grew like four or five inches. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot relate to that. I will just tell you. I will confess, I cannot relate. Be a tall soccer player. (laughs) I'm telling you, Mike, Jeff, I remember, you know how... For some, of, for some of your audience member who kind of have the gross spurt over one summer, yeah. you know the joints, like the, 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 there's a joint right below your kneecap. That's when your, your tibia kind of comes to your joint, uh-huh. your, to your knee. There's a bone sticking out right there. They call it a growth bone. Mine was so tender. I can still remember vividly. Mine was so tender at that time. I could barely sit down. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> because I was growing so fast. 
So going back to the story, so my sister came home and she could not recognize me. She's like, oh my God, look at you. You groaning like weeds. <laughs> and then we all kind of joke. She's like, why don't you think about playing basketball? That was the first time this notion of me playing basketball came about. So I asked my sister, why do you think I should play basketball? She's like, ah, look, obviously you're going to be tall. And I really think that your height is going to be much better suited on a basketball court than on a soccer field, which is very true. Hmm. Looking back today, I'm, I'm glad she, she provided that guidance. So when I look at that and I compare to the way Mike, you know, Jeff, you guys work with your, for your clients, it's the same way. Because what my sister did, she brought a perspective into my life that I was not aware of it. She gave me, to me, the way out, my goal was soccer, that's it. I wanted to become professional soccer, that's it. Without realizing that I was better equipped for the different sport. So she brought that understanding that there's something out there that's much better for your current situation. And I think sometimes you guys might have clients come in your office uh, having a goal in mind, but they may not be aware of all the different expertise, all the different resources out there that actually may be better suited for them. And I think that's another added value that you guys bring to the table, table that an investor, an investor may not be aware of. So yeah. I started playing basketball for the age of about the age of 13. And for the first year I played the game, I became really good at it, actually, because uh, I was about 6'5", and I was quite... And, what, and what, how old? 13? I, I was about 13, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so I was pretty quick. I had a great footwork, because all those years of playing soccer really gave me a good agility for a big man. I could run, because I was really extremely skinny. So within the first year, I, I really became really good because I was passionate and I fell in love with the game. But after one year, I was more quit playing basketball. And some people always ask me, why you wanted to quit? I said, I wanted to quit because I had no shoes. Wow. The first year I played basketball, I played barefoot. Wow. And on some concrete floor, basketball court, it's not the nice wooded floor we have here. We have a really rough concrete. And we're having, talking about, some of you may know about Africa weather, but it can be talking about Atlanta being hot, Jeff. <laughs> you have no, yeah. no idea. Well, I told, him you were, like, I told him you were more southern than I was. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so take it like maybe 10, 15, 20 degrees more during the summer. Yeah. With humidity. And now trying to play basketball under those conditions, barefoot, you know, it's challenging. So for, try for about a year, but... I was like, look, this is not sustainable. Lucky me, right when I decided that I was going to quit, I ran to one of my neighbors who happened to wear the same size, same size shoes and gave me a brand new white pair of Nikes. Wow. That, that was unbelievable. Those shoes changed everything in my life, honestly, because those shoes allowed me, allowed me to play organized basketball because until then all I could do is play pickup because right. you have to have shoes to play on, on, on a certain like, organized game so those shoes allowed me to join the, the, the local team allowed me to practice the game that's supposed to the way it's supposed to be sometimes when I tell the story I like to use an analogy it's like you know your whole life you're brushing your teeth with your fingers until one day you get a toothbrush yeah 
you see that big of a difference that yeah. that that the significant jump in improvement that's kind of was what happened to my game yeah amazing. within the next two years I, w- I became one of the best players in the city and I remember exactly it was the summer of my 15th birthday there was a gentleman his name is Greg Winston and Greg came from uh, from San Diego he's a former basketball player himself about 6'9 and he was about 250 pounds and keep in mind at the age of 15 I was about 6'8 maybe about 190 pounds. (laughs) So extremely skinny. And uh, Greg, he was in town visiting one of his friends and I got introduced to Greg. Greg is from San Diego. He played, uh, he's a former basketball player, played a lot of years overseas, especially in Switzerland. So Greg speaks French. And that was my way of communicating with Greg because at that time I spoke uh, zero English. So I played with Greg for a couple of days and he just saw the desire, the passion in me and the potential. And he, you know, suggested that if you are interested, I can help you trying to move to the U.S. to continue school and play basketball there. I was like, are you kidding me? That would be a dream come true. So Greg came back a couple of weeks later. He called me and said, hey, I think I found your school. Because uh, uh, some of your listeners may be from San Diego, but East San Diego, there's a city called Alcohorn. Okay. And um, Greg found a, there was a private school in Alcohol that had a foundation attached to it. And the foundation's main purpose was to help kids from third world countries who have a strong academic background, give them better opportunities to come study in the U.S. So the fact that I was academically strong and also the chairman of the foundation had his two kids on the high school team, it was very appealing to him having a six-year-old <laughs> yeah. come play with the two boys, right? Yeah, that's pretty smart. Well, th- Exactly. Yeah, there's a couple things that are obvious to me. One is, or, or, or that, I, that I see some lessons here. The first one is um, the power of a decision. I mean, the decision to give up soccer, move to basketball, the, mm-hmm. the the decision to obviously hook up with this 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 this, this gentleman that came to your area, but your mm-hmm. uh, decision to apply yourself to your academics. I mean, if you were just a great Absolutely. athlete, and he came and said, "I've got this opportunity," but if you couldn't cut the academic work, you would have never had the opportunity. Absolutely, uh, thank you. So, so that's a great point because when I talk to younger younger student athletes, what I tell them, look. You got to understand, uh, life is a game of probabilities, okay? We are in the sporting, sporting world, that's a pretty low probability of success. If you look at all the major sports, the low probability of success is extremely, extremely low. Because I tell them, look, if you look at college in the U.S., there's about over 300 D1 colleges, right? I'm not talking about D2, I'm not talking about D3, I'm not talking about NAIA, I'm not talking about JUCO. Right. So every single team, those 300, you got about 10 to 15 players on the roster. So we're talking about thousands of players all trying to make it to the top. Right. Mm-hmm. And the NBA every year draft 60 people out of those thousands. Yeah. That's a pretty low probability of success. Right? Yes. Right. So I said, that's why you always have to have a plan B in place, in motion, because you don't want to wait on your plan B. You want to have plan A and plan B in motion at the same time. So if plan A doesn't go through, then you can continue with plan B. Just don't take all your eggs, put it in one basket, like we say. Diversification matters. It's really important, especially in life. 
And at the same time, you have to play your role in it because there's going to be opportunities presented to you in life. You're only going to get as much as you're going to put in. You got to apply yourself. You got to be willing to go the extra mile. You got to work hard to take advantage of those opportunities because it's only for a moment, a brief moment of time in life that you're going to get those opportunities. If you don't apply yourself and take advantage of it, you may regret it later on in life. And I thank you for bringing those out. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Very insightful. So I, I moved to San Diego. I was back in 2000. Um, I moved to San Diego. I was uh, 16. I, was, I had some host folks, host parents I stayed with because my entire family is still back home. And I remember the only promise I had to make to my mom, going to make, going to your point, Jeff, Mike, I only promise I had to my mom is like, I don't care about sports. Only promise I need you to make me is you're going to finish school. Doesn't matter what happened in life. I want you to be able to get your college degree because until you are 80 years old, you can apply that and work and make a living. A sporting success, if you're lucky, you may play for 10 years. So after 35, what are you going to do with your life? So that was a promise I had to make to my parents in order for them to allow me to move to a different continent, different world. Like I'm 16, I'm coming to this country. I have no friends, no family. I don't have any idea what the culture is like. I don't even speak the language. I don't even speak English at that time. Wow. So that was a big risk. Um, if my family was willing to let me take, but I, I think also they understand the opportunity that was presented to me. So I'm so thankful that they allow me to to take the journey and 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 and, and take that opportunity. So when I got to San Diego, it was tough. The first few weeks, uh, guys, it was it was it was not easy. You know, as you can only imagine, a 16 years old old young boy away from home that never traveled, never went away from home, and but suddenly you'd find yourself in a totally different culture, different country, staying with strangers at the time. You don't speak the language, you don't understand anything that's going on, you're homesick, you're lonely, you're far away from home. It was tough. But again, just investing, understanding, focusing on the long-term objectives and finding ways to connect with people that understand my situation have helped me tremendously overcome those obstacles. Now, when I, when, I, when, I, when I talk to Talma, I relate this to the situation some of your clients may be facing you know, throughout the market because the market can be volatile. They can be changed every day over time. And just having somebody there who understands what they're going through, who's been there, who's, who's seen it happen before, can be really valuable uh, asset to have. Somebody you can call and kind of explain to you, hey, this is part of the market. This is part of capitalism. This is how you make money. That's how you, that's why you're getting rewarded for being disciplined, staying focused. All these are just there's so much parallel, so much similarities between what I experienced and some of the way you guys work with your clients. Uh, what I'm what so, I'm drawing out there, not to interject uh, too much, but but giving some perspective and context to the emotions that you're feeling. You know, you just shared. You know, you're lonely. You're young. This is a, a new culture, and you don't speak the language. And so, someone who could connect with you on that level to help guide you through it. it is. You're right. There's a, there's a direct parallel. It's not too big of a reach to compare a financial planner and their clients as they're going through the ups and downs of the of the markets and right. all the emotions that come with right. it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Look, um, is that Mike? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, Mike, if you think about it, like, you know, think back in December, how volatile the market was. Just wasn't a free fall. And as an, as, an, as an investor, if you're looking at your clients every day, your, your account every day, that's scary. You see just your, car, your, your portfolio size just keep dropping every single day. And all we know, we all know that money is emotional. It's not, it's, it stays very close to the heart. So as an investor, if you're not rational, you're going to be like, look, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to just get out of this market. <clears throat> but if you would have done that, you would have done it you know, at the wrong time and at, at your own peril. Because what happened in January, the market bounced back. What happened to the, so far this year? It's been up 15, 18%. But if you have an advisor like you guys, they can say, look, you got to stay patient. You got to trust the capitalism will make you money. Stay disciplined. Let's stay focused because you got another 15, 20 years before you retire. This is part of the plan. Yep. They would be very thankful to you right now because they see that asset of the value of their portfolio has really gone up significantly, you know, $30,000, $50,000 year to date. That's, that's a pretty nice bump. But if they would have gotten out, first of all, they would have consumed the loss they, 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 they had when the market dropped, and they're not going to be able to take advantage of the, up, uh, the, 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 the upward slope that the market has taken this year. Right. Well, plus, you were, I mean, you were focused on a goal. So you, you were willing to go through an uncomfortable time in your life because you had mentors and people that you could talk to, but you also had a long-term vision of where you wanted to go. So Absolutely. I think that's a, no pain, that's no gain. Yep. No doubt. Yep. No doubt. So what happens after that? You're 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 yeah. a lonely kid in San Diego trying to trying to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. Got to San Diego. The first few weeks were really rough, but after that, as soon as school started, I was in my element again. Even though I did I didn't speak the language, but basketball was in session, and I had school, I had basketball, so I was like I, I felt comfortable. And sport is a universal language. You know, as soon as I started. The first few weeks, it was obvious I was a be- one of the best players in the team, and it just helped me connect and, 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 and integrate a lot faster than if I didn't have sports. So within the first year I played, the, the news got out that the big man for, for, from Senegal had some skills, some potential, <laughs> and I started getting recruited by most of the big schools in the country. And at the end of my sophomore, I'm uh, no, sorry, at the end of my junior year, going towards my senior year, I had almost you name the most of the schools, you name it, the big names you would hear. Even some, some of the Georgia Tech was on my top five list for some of those folks in Georgia. So I visited, I had narrowed my choices to five schools, basketball scholarship-wise. It was San Diego State, New Mexico, Oregon State, um, Kansas, and Georgia Tech. And I ended up picking Kansas. That's where I went and played for my career, college basketball. I had the privilege to play one year under Roy Williams, who is now the head of uh, UNC, University of North Carolina, and then the remaining I played for Coach Bill Self. Right. And um, it's funny how unbelievable, and there's not, it's not by chance that these guys are successful. Hmm. So why I say this is that these guys, they have a process. They have a very, very defined process on which they coach their team, on which they build the team. And everything really involves around the process. So how yeah, we, that yeah, we defined, talked a lot about that in some past shows. We, we had a show about, about, about um, you can't get too connected to the outcome, but you've got to focus on you. the process. 
Thank you. You know, you got to you got to focus the, the outcome is the end game. But you got to focus on the journey to take you to the outcome. Like for example, when I tell people, uh, the example I like to use, we all like to watch sporting events, right? If you go to the Super Bowl, it's unbelievable. It's like it's the emotion is just so you can just feel it in the air. It's just unbelievable and emotion that's going through. But if you think about it, they didn't get, they just didn't get there the day of the Super Bowl. They started all year long going to practice every day, twice a day, suffering through pain and just grinding it every single day. That led to them making it to the finals. Right? The yeah. same thing with investment. The analogy, Alex, this is the same thing. If you want to retire and you want to be able to retire comfortably and you want to, you want to, you want to put in your, your assets in the market and to work for you, you can't just expect to just be a smooth ride and just, uh, you know, just upward sloping uh, return throughout. You would not be rewarded for that. There's going to be some up and downs along the way, but just remember, focus on the long-term objective. You know what? I want to give you the Super Bowl. By focusing on that goal, it's going to help you deal better with the daily volatility. But if you just focus on the daily volatility, you forget about the end result. Yeah. And that was the case. Those guys focus so much on the process. I remember my freshman year, we were preseason top five because Kansas was just coming back from the final for the year before. And we had, at that time, we had Nick Collison, who played 15 years in the NBA. We had Kirk Heinrich, who played about over 10 years in the NBA. And a lot of good role players who were some great college, great college players. So the expectations were high. But the first six games we played that year, we were 3-3 three and three record. I tell people, I don't know about any other school, but 3-3 three and three record in Kansas basketball, it's like a bear market. <laughs> yeah. It's a big, it's a big deal, guys. Right. And I remember the sixth game we played. We were coming back, and the next day, Coach Williams called us, and he said, "Look, nothing changed, guys. We can still achieve our long uh, our, our, our objective, which is winning the national championship. If we stay focused and not really get distracted by the short-term noise, I guarantee you, we're going to be there at the end of the year. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah." Very we cool. went all the way. We we make it. We made it to the final four, and we beat Marquette in the final four. That's when they had a guy came named Dwayne Wade, and then the championship yeah, had game a, had a coach Crean that's at the at Georgia now. Yes, we we uh, we beat Marquette in the final four when they had Dwayne Wade, and we lost in the championship game to Syracuse when they had Carmelo Anthony. Wow. That's how great of a year yeah. we had. But we started three and three. Yeah. I tell people the way you start is not really the most important thing. If you can stay the course, stay discipline, how you finish is what really matters. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if I told you this, but I stalked you a little bit on the Internet, and I noticed that sure. um, you were also an academic All-Big 12 selection while at Kansas. So, obviously, you are, you, you continue the academic um, studies, which obviously has proved to be a, a wise choice because it really influenced your ability to, to – um, to find a good home after college. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, absolutely. Again, I, I, I try to just see, because a lot of people tell me I'm too, I'm, 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 I'm I, my, my mindset, my thought process beyond my age. I, I don't know what, why that is, but I always try to project, okay, let's say I play 15 years or 10 years in NBA, best case scenario, okay? So what am I going to do with my life after that? So I always thought that having a degree, having a, 
you know, game education is just an achievement, even for, 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 even for the money. It's just, to me, it's such a, a sense of pride. It brings a sense of pride to that go and do something that, you know, most of my family never done before. So I always thought that there was going to be life after basketball, and I needed to have an education to help me facilitate that transition. Yeah. Well, do you feel, world. Well, do you, well, I was about to say, do you feel like you won the lottery getting aligned Absolutely. with a firm that has such a high integrity, um, a academic thought process, um, you know, they're they're you know they're they're top of the game in terms of asset management firms, but you didn't win the lottery. You prepared. You That's right. you earned it. I mean, this it, it's the opposite of the lottery. I mean, you worked and and applied yourself and and got there. So, yeah. As we as we wrap up our conversation today, I, I'd love for you. Um, any final comments about your journey, but I'd also love for you to just tell us a thing or two about Dimensional and, and why you think Dimensional might be different than some other firms that you could have gone to work for. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I, I really love what you just said there, the academic aspect of it. You know, when I graduated, I was looking for a firm that, you know, because I did, I was a financial major. And when I was going through school, I had some financial classes where we were just trying to, you know, estimate and outguess where the stock company is going to go. And I just found it was really difficult. I found it to be extremely difficult. I was like, I don't know, but I just don't know if that's, you know, this is what I want to do. But when I graduated, I was going through, I was, I graduated back in 2006. And then uh, I went back and I was getting my MBA from Kansas. And then I got introduced to David Booth, who's the chairman and founder of Dimensional. So when I got introduced to David Booth, I started looking into his firm, which is Dimensional. I didn't know much about about Dimensional back then, before then. So I started look, look, looking into Dimensional. It was just the academic background. It's just this enduring belief in the power of markets. That was just really, really appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Just understanding that the market does a good job of really pricing securities. And it's, really be, it's going to be hard to dissect you know, mispriced securities either way. And just having a strong academic background and just looking at the data, what does the data say? Take the emotions out of the way, just trust the data and use the data to help guide your investment philosophy. I just thought that was really, really compelling. And once I joined, you know, that led me into really being interested and was able to, you know, thank God throughout the process interview. But again, you said, Jeff, I had to have the tools first. Right. Because if I didn't graduate from college, if I don't get my MBA, doesn't matter who I know, I don't think I'll be able to be here yeah. to compete at this level. I had to apply myself and do what I was supposed to do first, meaning get my education done, then use the opportunity that was present present in front of me. Yeah. Well, so, well, you've got when a, I join. Go ahead. I, I I just want to say you have just you have a fascinating story and um, and obviously working with a quality partner that you know the like dimensional has been. Uh, has been really a, a fortunate, a fortunate, um, um, you know, journey for you. Uh, so, so uh, Mike, any any final questions or comments you might have for for Malai before we no, before I, we wrap up? I, I think I would just say, I mean, it, being very familiar with Dimensional <laughs> and and what a great firm. Just to echo what what Jeff has shared. You know, your your story of the long term. Um, and focusing on long term and doing the right things day in and day out to achieve success so that, as you said earlier, um, success is not by chance. Um, 
I see that in your story there, and I also have seen my clients benefit from that with mm-hmm. investing with Dimensional. So yeah. I would just draw that Absolutely. out as well, yeah. Yeah, very, very cool. Thank you. So, so Malai, well, thank you so much for being our guest today on the Money and Meaning Show, and as they say in Kansas, uh, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Yes, sir. Rod Chuck. Thanks for having me, guys. You, really, really appreciate it. You bet you. Thanks for being here. All right. So there you have it, folks. Another episode of the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier. Hope you found today's discussion helpful. If you want to catch up on previous episodes, you can do so in a couple different ways. First, let's go to check out the Money and Meaning Show on podcast on iTunes. And uh, we would encourage you to rate the episode. You can then share it as well. Um, also, if you want to catch previous episodes as well as check out Jeff's latest blog, you can go to tandemgrowth.com forward slash perspectives. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeff or Mike or comments on the show, Feel free to reach out to us at moneyandmeaning at tandemgrowth.com or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. Jeff Bernier is the President and Chief Investment Officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC. All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Listeners should not rely on the content of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted, and or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, such as guests on the podcast, and takes no responsibility for the same. 